Board of Directors DC Leadership Conference meeting. Uh, we are now on the final stretch run of our last few uh, agenda items. Uh, again, thank you very much to the staff on an excellent uh, set of reports. And we'll now uh, move on with David Trott, our ACB treasurer, to give us our financial narrative uh, uh, for um, ACB. So, David, take it away. Okay, if I get a little muffled when I get behind this paper to read, let me know and we'll go to plan B. ACB 2021, year-to-date financial data before audit. ACB 2021 surplus, $319,743. ACB revenue was $1,423,963. Revenue was about $2,000, I'm sorry, $200,000 above budget. The areas that were above budget were unrestricted individual con- contributions, individual contributions, MMS program, direct mail donation, and electronic appeals. ACB used various communication channels, which helped us to reach out to a wider audience. The 60 for 60 campaign and community community of fun, (laughs) sorry about that, (laughs) were successful in contributing to the $30,000 increase in electronic appeals. MMS contributions were very successful this year. Changing pages. Sorry, they don't want to let go. Bringing uh, MMS bringing in $76,700, which was at budget and above last year. The year-end direct mail went out late. The expected, later than expected in 2021. But we were above the capitalization for the 2020 year end appeal. Donations which were received Early in 2021, direct mail was $10,200 on a budget of $7,500. Corporate contributions were $32,600 compared to a budget of $70,000. A portion of these anticipated funds for this item needed to be designated for a particular purpose so it appears in a restricted operations uh, contribution to other items. ACB Media contributed year-to-date individual contributions were $8,000 which far exceeded the $150 budget. ACB affiliate contributions were $10,200 compared to a budget of $5,000. ACB provided support to many affiliate conventions and information content to the community members. 
resulting in a large individual contribution and many affiliate contributions. Year-to-date, ADP raised $10,200 compared to the $1,500 that was budgeted. There were opportunities provided for making donations through social media and on-site registration. That's in. I can't make out that word. I'm sorry. Instant registration. We're above. We're able to donate while registering for the institute. This don't include the gala sponsor uh, sponsorships or donations to the scholarship corporate contributions from AFB that were included in the budget, but not since ACB that weren't included in the budget since ACB only administers uh, these scholarships. It was accounted for in the balance sheet as a payable item and wasn't accounted for on the income statement. There was a budget line item expense that was eliminated also. The the ADP Institute in 2021 earned $36,000 from expecting the budget was $18,000. The legislative seminar earned $24,500 between registration and sponsors, which exceeded the budget. Because there was a virtual event, ACB used our existing Zoom accounts. This was, uh, there was virtually no additional expense incurred. Year-to-date membership dues was $49,800, which was above about 5K below budget. But this was an increase over the previous year. There was a large increase in the individual membership again in 2021. Special interest affiliates gained as expected, but the state affiliate memberships decreased, providing community events offering membership. Discounts and building connections with our community help to strengthen our membership engagement. The $199,900 of revenue received from fundraising activities for exceeded expenses in both auctions, the walk, mini mall sales, and the raffle. The gala was at, was included in the 2021 raised $66,225 in sponsorships and donations. Expenses were $27,126, which was a result in a net profit of almost $39,000. Dividend income was $102,000 on a budget of $72,600 year-to-date. 
Dividends on the legacy endowment and reserve accounts exceeded the budget by $29,000. Advocacy proceeds were $59,000 on a budget of $70,000. My fingers just don't want to work on this paper. The first PPP loan of $110,600 was forgiven in 2021, resulting in the revenue being reported in the 2021 balance sheet. ACB expenses, $1,900,630. Wages and benefits were $1,026,749, which was about 17000 above budget. The, gr the grant writer contract position in the professional services section was converted to staff position. So, so much of the grant writing expenses associated with the contractor position was included in the staff wages and benefits line. Okay. The offices, occupancy, and office supplies were as budgeted. Professional services were $343,452, which was above about $2,500 above budget. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. If I can just get the paper to change. Website and application development year-to-date was almost $66,000 on a budget of $50,100. As ACB's infrastructure was being updated, it was important for us to go from one virtual environment to two virtual environments to enable us to test the new infrastructure. The result in is in cost associated with the infrastructure updates to temporarily increase. Once ACB's media completes the transition to Live 365, then it should enable us to go back to one virtual environment. The ADP website is receiving a much-needed redesign also. The Vail Forum publication expenses decreased, which could be indicated by individuals who are reading the magazine online or are receiving it by email. Year-to-date actual was $48,200 on a budget of 48200 Once again, in 2021, travel was limited. Reducing the travel expenses being significantly lower, the budget year-to-date was $34,700 on the budget of 66600 There was an operations deficit of Four hundred and seventy-four thousand six hundred and sixty-seven thousand dollars. 
which was $248,700 less than anticipated. The thrift stores contributed $328,343 on a budget of $341,500. Retail had a challenging year in 2021, and while the thrift stores' contribution was slightly below budget, the stores, employees, and managers did a great job to provide customer service. The PPP loan of $91,600 was forgiven and recognized in 2021. Convention profit was $249,830. Convention revenue was $382,436 which was at budget. Individual sponsorships were 28125 and $4,500 above budget. Once again, individuals was recognized for the convention, saw the value of, the AC, of ACB was providing and chose to support ACB with a sponsorship. Corporate sponsorships, were 282,000 compared to 320, $232,500 in 2020. This was almost a 22% increase in sponsorships received over 2020. There were 12 corporate corporations who have continued to support ACB's convention since 2016, and four new sponsors were added this year. Convention expenses were $132,606, which was $1,500 above budget. Members' voting support services of $11,900 wasn't budgeted, but was necessary for the members to successfully vote in 2021. All other expenses were at or below budget. ACB's investment performed well in 2021, resulting in an unrealized gain of 218,400. I've got a couple of comments now. Uh, one, if you look at the, the first figures I gave you for income was one million four hundred and expenses of one million nine hundred, that looks like a loss. But when you add in the unrecognized and the other things that are not in the income, we actually made a profit of I think it was three hundred whatever the first number I read was. Um, this this sounds good. In theory, what scares me is if we have a bad investment year, uh, if we have a bad ACBES year, um, the convention expenses change drastically, then we could actually end up in a negative point because we're not taking in as much as we're spending, if you look at it that way. Uh, Looking at the budget, 
I, I'm uh, looking at this report. I give you the bad news on the at the last because I want to tell you how proud I am of our staff for bringing us in above budget. They they really did a good job, uh, but but we we have got to start looking at ways to bring more income into the organization if we're going to continue to grow. In the area that we want to grow is staff, which is our biggest expenses at over a million dollars. Um, we really need to look at ways, and I know Tony and, and, and his teams are because I'm, I'm working with him some, um, so I know this is happening. But if we're going to get back into this one, three, five-year uh, plan that we have, we're really going to have to grow the income side of our budget. So we really need to start looking uh, at doing that. Also, the other thing to look at, even though it grew, membership is still down. Uh, if you looked at that 49,000, uh, back wasn't but a few years ago, we were well into the 50s. So uh, at $5 a piece, that would tell you that we really need to be working. And I think Cindy and team are. They're bringing it back up. But these are just a couple of things I wanted to point out. Now, I'll take questions if anybody has any. David, this is Dan. Um, it, if I remember correctly, we approved for 2021. We approved an overall deficit budget. I think of it was 143 thousand or something along those lines. And then the the final outcome at the end of the year was a was plus 300 and something thousand, of which the the investments were a couple hundred thousand of that. But I think it really points out the the hard work that we did that even if you took those investments away we would have still had a a, a positive um uh net revenue uh, you know uh, net income for the year and um i think that i agree with you that's really a compliment to really holding our expenses down and finding creative ways to generate more revenue but i'm with you it's kind of yeah. The, you, but, you don't know what next year will bring, but that but I, I'm very that. proud of what right. we did in 2021. Yeah, right. Well, travel is going to come up. We know that, um, yeah. and uh, and we want to keep doing these things. You know, th- these mm-hmm. are not criticisms of anybody because yeah. our our staff has done a wonderful job. Uh, I'm just as treasurer. I need to make you aware, as a board, that this looks good right here on paper, and they're realistic. But when you take the PPP out of things uh, and, and you start looking at, uh, you know, unrecognized income, which we don't go and dig every dollar we make out of our uh, investments, because if we did, we couldn't continue to grow. And one of the things that's not in there that you need to be aware of uh, that I left out was that uh, we have a net uh, investment right now uh, with all three of our groups of an excess of $5 million. So we're, we're, we're not, you know, I don't want anybody to think uh, anything negative. I just want you to look to the future and know that, that we're going to have to do a better job on the revenue side. If we want to continue and meet our one, three, five year goals. I agree. Agree. And right now it's not going to come from membership dues. So it has to come from other sources, you know, outside the organization. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, board, uh, questions for David? 
That's what I like. Right. <laughs> Hearing no questions. Uh, uh, I'm going to give uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to give Penny a heads up. Uh, Cindy had to step away for an affiliate meeting from four to five, so we're going to skip her. I'm going to still call the motion, but I just want to give Penny a heads up that she's going to be on deck after we finish David's report, so I didn't want her to get caught flat-footed. So, okay. So, uh, we uh, have – I'd now like to call for a motion to approve the treasurer's report. Is that – Doug, that's so no, moved. Well, I'm, I'm qu- or did I'm you have a question? So, I have a question. So, well, let, let, let's put it on the table first, and then and then you well, can ask your question. Well, it's part of the treasurer's report, so that's well, why we're, we're going to discuss it before we vote. But go ahead; it okay. doesn't matter whichever right. way you want to do it. Yeah. Um, so we're uh, we're almost well, we're two and a half months into 2022. I was wondering, um, you know, there's nothing we can do about 2021 at this point. Where are we on 2022? For 2022, we do not have income statements out quite yet. We're working on um, our 2021 audit. So I, I, I would say in the next couple of weeks, I probably could pull up to see what our income statement is for January, but I do not have February ready yet. Okay. I mean, I, I guess at the April meeting, could we could we have some kind of a, uh, you know, some kind of a, a, a interim report on 2022? We could have through February on April 1st. And, and bear in mind, January, February, and March are our three worst months of the year. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you see the report, I don't want anybody to panic. I, I want you to be aware, but I don't want, you know, we're, we're in good shape. Uh, we the the first and fourth quarters are always mm-hmm. the biggest challenge for yeah. us. And, and the $150,000 we moved was simply, uh, wasn't a money problem. It was a cash flow issue. All right. And I move we accept their treasures. Oh. oh. Okay, so uh, we'll, we'll do some more discussions, but Doug has moved. Do I have a second? Second. Was that Connie? I think Connie Sims yeah. seconded. All right, so Doug moved and Connie seconded, and then I think, Tony, you had a comment. So to you, sir. This is Tony, just on the revenue side. So, folks, yeah. I mean, anecdotally, we are doing a good job, I think, of engaging with some new corporate partners. We already have a couple of folks that have committed that will be new sponsors for the convention this year, um, which is exciting. We have an increase in a major contribution for the gala um, by one of the sponsors who said they're going to give an additional $10,000 on top of twenty five last year. Um, and, you know, we are we are just getting ramped up, in a sense, for, for bringing on some new folks for the Get Up and Get Moving campaign. So. Um, for what it's worth, and this is all anecdotal, of course, and just, you know, nothing, as Nancy said, is down on the income statement yet. But um, we're off to a good start, Doug, to answer your question in terms of relationship building and trying to, to garner support in certain areas. Thank you, Tony. Right. Yeah, this is Eric real quick. Go ahead, Eric. We're, yeah. keenly, we're keenly aware as a staff um, the, the pressures of – of these budget numbers and we're, we're fanning out and, you know, Tony is our director of development and communications. That is a fact. However, development doesn't just rest with Tony. It rests with others of us on the team as well. This is a team effort and we're out there uh, establishing relationships, uh, maintaining as well as enhancing relationships with, with existing companies to be able to, 
um, you know, accrue additional funds for our various events, whether it's Get Up and Get Moving, the gala, the convention, so on and so forth. So there, um, I, I completely understand and agree with you, David. Um, but it's, it's something that, that we, as the, the budget was being built last year, it, it is something that, that Tony and Nancy and I, as well as Dan, talked through uh, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and tell you what you're doing, you're creating new income streams uh, and increasing. You know, I, I want people to be aware. <clears throat> I just wanted them to be aware. Um, sure. You know, it's our responsibility, too to maintain and help maintain and to increase these income streams. So, uh, you know, I, I wanted the board to pardon the pun here to get up and get moving. I agree with you, David. And I think what exciting area is really individual giving. And, um, you know, Tony has been working with Bill Reeder and also, with Roger Bridges uh, on the from the Development Steering Committee to kind of really look at kind of and I know David, you've been part of these conversations as well, working with Gene Mann and and Michael Garrett and the MMS team to think of you know some areas we can do there to kind of take individual giving to that next level. Um, I I still believe there's 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 some real opportunity uh, in that particular space, and so. Um, you're right, though, it's, and it's going to take all of us. So it's it's not just even the staff; it's us as a board. Where do we have relationships or the ability to reach out and make a contact with an individual or or uh, or a partner or comp- company that can make a difference uh, for uh, for ACB? Yeah. One other one other thing, Dan. The the one thing we don't want to not do, guys, as a board, because uh, we're not as involved with them as Dan and staff are but we're more involved with them and you'll meet them this weekend. This advisory board can, can really be a great asset for ACB. Uh, it's, it's advice is professional services and all that we could not get out and pay for. So, uh, anytime you get a chance, thank those people. And, and, and really, you know, when, when we get a report about them, let's, let's, let's be there and, and be supportive. Very can crew because they're, you know, this this advisory board was a dream of Mitch Pomerantz. Uh, it took several years for it to come about, but it's here, uh, and let's take advantage of it. Thank you. And Nancy, did you have a comment? Was that your voice I heard? Or? I was going to say something, um, something we didn't go into, like, individual items, but as I'm looking mm-hmm. at the balance sheet, when I look at just individual un- unrestricted contributions in 2021, we had $49,500. That was on a budget of twenty five, and the mm-hmm. previous year we were at thirty two five. So we have had significant increases in some areas that um, we can change in twenty twenty one. And mm-hmm. as I think as as our communication team is um, reaching out to people, I do anticipate that those will um, they will increase again in twenty twenty two. Yeah, I mean, think I, I, about it. The AD Awards Gala and the Get Up and Get Moving campaign weren't even around till last year. Yeah. Go ahead, Doug. I'm concerned about the individual contributions. I think part of that was because people weren't traveling to the convention, so they had an extra $1,000 of expendable income. Uh, You know, I I think some people thought of it kind of that way. So 
Um, I, I'd be concerned about going to the bank on on if you know if we have an in-person element to the convention. I suspect we're going to see a a, a a downward slide in that individual contribution. We we might. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think the idea is getting more people involved. Sure, you know, sure, so, sure, yeah. yeah, sure. That's that's the hope. But I, you know, yeah. I, I think you know, planning on you know, sort of planning on those numbers continuing to, um, you know, to to trend up like like they have over the last two years might be a little bit uh, rosy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to learn a lot. I think coming out of the pandemic. I mean, it, it, it's. It's kind of been crazy, but in some ways, it's been a it's been a silver lining. It's terrible to say uh, for ACB, especially um, I think some on the financial side. Yeah, and, um, and Dan, I I'll be honest with you, uh, I I think you might see a slight drop, but I think with the engagement through the community events mm-hmm. that we picked up so many new people and yep. gave them ways to provide donations that they hadn't known about before. Mm-hmm. that I don't think it'll drop as significantly as we might think it would. Yep. We've, we've had over 300 people register for our DC leadership conference, which yeah. are numbers that are unheard of for us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So that's fantastic. All right. Any other comments? If not, I'll call the question. Hearing none. Okay. All in favor of approving the treasurer's report signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you, David, and thank you for the candid discussion. I think it's really appropriate. Uh, we have to always think of risk versus reward, and um, and and keep that in in mind as we continue to want to grow the organization. Uh, all right, we're going to change the agenda items a little bit and move the um, uh, review and approval of the expectations uh, community policy down on the agenda until Cindy returns from her obligation. So we're going to go on to item 13 on the agenda, which is the Board of Publications report. And I'd like to introduce uh, Penny Reader, uh, BOP director. So, Penny. Thank you, Dan. Um, So the BOP has been busy, as usual. And day-to-day, we've been really busy with the blog um, we are happy that we're getting more and more submissions to the blog. We want to encourage any board members who have not subscribed to uh, ACB Voices to do so uh, and to contribute. Um, because we're going into a, at least a week-long emphasis on advocacy, we think it's a good time to encourage people to write about your advocacy stories and send them to the blog. Um, because that will encourage new people to become advocates. And uh, um, it will also let us know how successful you are this year. So that's going to be a theme for this month, for the rest of March, and and really whenever, but certainly for the rest of March and into April. We, If you uh, want to tell us about your experiences with advocacy, um, we hope you'll do so on the blog. Um, we uh, are still holding quarterly meetings for newsletter editors. Most of our affiliates have some kind of a newsletter or um, published outreach uh, entity. And um, so we have uh, a, a list for affiliate editors, and we also hold a quarterly event. And next week will be this quarter's event. It will happen on the 18th, which is next Friday. 
Um, it's for any affiliate editors who want to come. And it's going to be really interesting because Steve Dresser is going to talk about Duxbury Braille translation software. So if you've always wanted to know more or you have questions about how to do something, that would be the place to go. And we will podcast that uh, training eventually. So even if you're not a current editor for an affiliate, uh, you'll be able to uh, learn from Steve how to use Duxbury. Um, I don't know how many of you um, who received the Braille form in large print uh, have gotten your March issue. You should have gotten it pretty pretty recently or it's coming next week. And in that issue, there is a sample of new large print guidelines, which the BOP is um, where we're proposing that we adopt those guidelines. So there's one article in that magazine that is written in conformance with those guidelines. And what we want you to do is to let us know how you like it. If you love it, let us know that. And if you don't, let us know that as well, um, because we really are hoping for feedback from our large print reading members. Uh, these guidelines were developed by CCLVI, the Council on Citizens with Low Vision International, and they've been using them for two years with their own organizational newsletter, and they have not gotten one complaint. But that doesn't mean everybody sees things every, in the same way, as we all know. So please um, send uh, an email to Sharon and let her know what you think of the new uh, large print presentation, um, because we'll probably make that decision toward the end of the year. Um, awards, it's a season for awards. As you know, the BOP has several awards, and those award nominations are due by April 1st. So that means you only have two weeks. But certainly there have been things in the uh, worldwide media that let people know good things about people who are blind. And so we want to reward those um, media presentations. And certainly your uh, affiliates have newsletters, some of which are just wonderful. And we want to award those editors as well. So please get your awards nominations into us. I think you send them to Sharon. Um, but we'll clarify that at the, uh, at the president's meeting tomorrow. Um, and I think I've covered everything. I may have forgotten something, but if you have any questions, I'm happy to answer them. Penny, this is Connie. Um, that you do for the BOP awards, I do go to Sharon. Yes, they do. Thank you. So that's slovering at acb.org. And if you put award in the subject line and she'll know, that's what she's getting. Thanks, Connie. Penny, thank you so much for the report from the BOP. Do we have any questions from our board members? This is Doug. Um, uh, this is the second time I've heard that the issues are coming out uh, later than than I I, w I was expecting, or you know that that than, uh, members might be expecting. Um, and I communicated somebody. It had come to my attention what last month, and uh, I communicated with Sharon, and she said that the problem was uh, COVID related. Um, are are we getting back to regular production schedule, or how, you know, what's the situation on the long term? As far as we know, we are, but you know, we can't anticipate a COVID outbreak at uh, Clovernook. Or, um, so, um, as far as we know, everything is is pretty much on schedule. I know the cassettes are uh, the cartridges are going out on schedule, and I believe large print is as well. And we apologize for the lateness of the braille, but it was nothing that any of us could control. 
Um, so, um, no, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not concerned about that, but I, this is the first that I'm sort of hearing about there. You know, my communication with Sharon was the first I was communicating. I heard about it. Um, so I was wondering what members who you usually get the hard copy copy braille, what they were thinking. And I, I, I don't know if, if, did you communicate with them that their, that their issues were arriving late because of COVID related issues? And I think ex- we, we, yes, yes. I think we did let them know. Yeah, Sharon did send out and did reach out to members and let them know of the Okay, issues. good. That's that yes. was my big concern. Okay, good. Yes. Perfect. They were communicated to. Thank you, Doug, for that question. Any other questions for Penny? I want to take a moment and just uh I get the opportunity as ACB president to participate in the BOP uh meetings which are held the first Tuesday of every month and uh, they're now open to the public, and always been open to the public, but they're now broadcast on ACB Media 6, and it's a really good, engaging conversation. I encourage board members, if you get a chance, please participate in the BOP meetings. I know we hear David and, and, and some others that, uh, that do participate from time to time. And there's a lot of really good conversation and topics that take place, an excellent ACB media report, and just all kinds of communications associated with ACB. And I really want to compliment the Board of Publications on taking on the Voices blog. And we're already seeing a really, really good turnaround there. There's more engagement from our members. I think the BOP is learning a lot on the process of editing you know it's sensitive to edit people's blog posts it's it's you know it's a little bit like an editorial page and so you have to be very careful as you go through that and get feedback back and forth from the person that's submitting the blog and it's been very encouraging to see how the BOP has really taken this task extremely seriously and worked very hard as a collaborative body uh, to really put the best face forward for ACB when it comes to our Voices blog. So I just want to give them a big shout out and thank you. And I like um, motion to approve uh, the BOP report. So would somebody. This, this is David. I'll move. We accept it. And after we get the second, I'd like to make a comment. Thank you, David. Second. And Connie seconds. Okay. Discussion. Go ahead, David. Uh, another thing. These guys do work extremely hard. It's not just the meetings, but the email back and forth is not like any normal list. Uh, if, if if Katie puts something out there, there's the it's very, the committees the board is very responsive. Uh, they've got a, a good system of communications, and they're really working hard. You you might not think of the board of publications as a hardworking group, that it wouldn't be necessary because you think of the Braille Forum, but. But with voices and everything, they're working hard and they're to be commended for what they're doing. And I'm really, David, this is Dan, I'll just chime in on that too. And I'm, I'm really impressed with how the whole themes associated with the Braille form and e-form have continued to grow. Um, you know, uh, multicultural affairs uh, is just done a really excellent job. I think that's coming out in the April uh, e-forum. Uh, the International Relations Committee has signed up to do another uh, theme forum. The Audio Description Project 
uh, special interest affiliates are considering it. It's a wonderful opportunity as you reach out to your different committees and special interest affiliates to just um, give people that idea or or little nudge to, you know, work with the BOP and put a theme together. It's really exciting to hear and see five, six, seven, eight articles all dealing with, uh, you know, a program and surface that ACB is providing. And I think, uh, you know, that, that, idea of themes was created a, a few years ago and it just really seems to be resonating so i want to respond to that just briefly we really sure. agree with that um any of you special interest affiliates who wants to take on a month we are so happy to have you do that and i think it really improves the quality and the consistency of the magazine we've been very pleased with how it came and i forgot to mention that once again this year we're going to have a candidates page and instructions for um Completing those questions will appear in the April Braille Forum. So if you're thinking of running for office, make sure you read the April Forum so that you can get your uh, candidates' responses in in time and be published in the Braille Forum in May. Thanks. Thank you, Penny. And All right. Dan, this is Connie. I just wanted yes, go ahead, Connie. To make, a, make a comment. I just wanted, as co-chair of the awards committee, I just wanted to thank Katie for reaching out um, to Carrie and I to partner with for the BOP awards because I think it's been a great combination. Again, it's like again talk, working with committees and the committees together. Um, I think it's been a nice thing for them to be able to help promote the BOP awards with us. Thank you very much. And and all our also say all our BOP directors are now part of the public awareness steering committee and meet with that committee monthly. So again. We're just seeing a lot of synergies as everybody's kind of sharing ideas and, and being on the same page. So all good stuff. All right. Any other comments from the board? If not, we'll call the question. All right. Hearing none. All those in favor of approving the Board of Publications report signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? I'm Going to give Jeff Tom a heads up that Pat Sheehan was trying to reach out to you. He's extremely froggy and uh, is asking for your support to help with the voting task force report, which will be coming up after the executive committee task force report. So if you need to reach out offline to uh, Patrick to make uh, sure you all are synced up, just giving you a little warning there. And um we will now recognize uh, item 14 on our agenda, which is the Executive Committee Ad Hoc Task Force, uh, chaired by Kim Charlson. So, Kim? All right. Thank you. So, um, there was a written report from this working group, and it was sent out earlier this week. And I'm not, obviously, I'm not going to read it. Um, it turned into 15 braille pages. I said, how did I make such a long report? But um, there are quite a few things in the report. But first of all, um, just to remind folks, the the members of the um, executive committee working group um, were Jeff Bishop, Doug Powell, Denise Colley, uh, Mark Reichert, David Trott, uh, myself as chair, and I reached out and brought on board um, John McCann to um, kind of give us the continuity that I felt we needed to connect with the Constitution and Bylaws Committee. So um, because some of our 
recommendations um, ended up sort of cross crossing um, between the two groups. So um, just to give a little background, the, the um, assigned task for this working group was to determine um, if the executive committee committee operated um, within the scope of the provisions of um, our constitution, which would be article six, um, section C um, relating to some decisions that were made at the um, January 8th, 2021 um, executive committee meeting that was called by the president. So um, as, as we um, started, you know, looking into and discussing that, um, the, that issue, let me just find my next spot here. I had it kind of marked off. Um, the, the issue that came up was around, you know, the, the scope um, of, of what decisions were made um, in that executive committee meeting. So we did have minutes that I attached with this report um, and the, the, um, the, we feel that after looking at the constitution currently um, that the language within the ACB constitution of article six um, paragraph C relating to work, the, you know, committees, the board, um, that, that in fact, this, the um, language is broad enough in its scope to give the executive committee, the authority that they used in for the January, 2021 meeting dealing with the authorization of funding to pay for um, board and leadership training around issues of harassment and sexual misconduct. And it was determined and the rationale for the decision initially was that by the working group, that the issue was time sensitive and that the consultants needed to be scheduled immediately to ensure that we would have them available for the identified February board trainings that we wanted to conduct on those topics. So we also um, do did recognize in our discussion as a working group that a best practice when authorizing expenditures not contained in the board approved annual budget would be that those kinds of decisions if made by the executive committee um, would be referred to the budget committee for review ratification and referral to the board of directors as well. Um, A further recommendation from the working group related to the method and length of time that the constitution currently requires advanced notification for the president to schedule a board meeting. The working group is recommending that the constitution and bylaws committee bring forward an amendment to the ACB constitution that will change the length of time for notification of intent to call a board meeting from 14 days 
to either seven or five days, respectively. So in reaching out to John McCann, we talked about this issue. Um, The Constitution and Bylaws Committee is prepared to recommend um, the following amendment to Article 6, Paragraph C, as it's currently written. Yeah, it's it's short, so I'm going to go ahead and read that language because I want to get it right. So the current Constitution language says, and it's just a sentence, such request shall be sent by any method which provides for written proof of receipt at least five calendar days prior to the proposed meeting day. So that is... Um, that is the currently written language in the Constitution. The proposed amendment language would be, such requests shall be sent via any means of written electronic communication at least five, five calendar days prior to the proposed meeting date. So John has recommended that, or has informed me and indicated that the Constitution and Bylaws Committee would um, appreciate board input on the number of days to be prescribed in this sentence. Um, as he, he felt, and I concur, that the, the number of days is a matter of kind of administrative practice within the board, and so he felt that the board should clarify what they feel is an appropriate length of of time for notification of a special meeting. Um, I I think that just for clarification, that's for the executive committee, right? No. Oh, I don't believe it's specific. No, it isn't specifically to the executive committee. But let me finish the other, because there's also another one, and then we can have all of our discussion kind of in in a block and handle all the things we need to sort of finalize. So the Constitution and Bylaws Committee also considered the need for the executive committee meetings. Well, this is, we all agreed with this, that if we did change the Constitution, the, the need for the executive committee would virtually be eliminated because of you could call a meeting of, of the board in much more rapid um, time frame and not really need to require the, the duties of the executive committee. So, so that was a kind of a, a bonus that came out of potentially making such a change. Um, so the, the constitution and bylaws committee is also prepared to recommend the following amendment to Article 4, Paragraph H. And so, um, Doug, I think just in looking at this second amendment, I think your comment was correct about the executive committee. So that was relative to them. Um, And is so this is what they want additional input in. So as currently written in Article 4, Section H, the president may call a special meeting of the board of directors at any time 
and shall call a special meeting of the board upon the request of at least five members of the board. Written notice of the meeting shall be forwarded to each member of the board postmarked at least 14 days prior to the meeting date. The time, the location, and the specific purpose of this meeting shall be included in the notice. That was the current language. So proposed amendment language is Section 8. It's Article 4, Section 8. The president shall call a special meeting of the board of directors at any time and shall call a special meeting of the board upon the request of at least five members of the board. Notice of the special meeting shall be sent to each member of the board via written electronic communication at least seven days prior to the meeting date. The time and location of the specific and the specific purpose of the meeting shall be included in the notice. Um, so basically um, those, those really are the, the, um, the overall recommendations from our conversations about the executive committee and its purpose and functions. So um, does anybody have any questions about our recommendations that we would like to forward to the constitution and bylaws with um, any specific guidance about the number of days required to call um, a, a member of the well, to call a meeting of the executive committee and or to the number of days of notice required to call a special meeting of the board of directors. This is Kim. This is Dan. I had mm-hmm. one question. Um, I know that's the current language. Is it is it practical that that five board members who might not know what the issue is would request the president to call a meeting um it just experiences that i've had it's like something comes up and boy we need to call a meeting Mm -hmm. so um just asking if we're changing that part of the the constitution is do do we see it as a requirement that five board members have to request the president to call a meeting well i think it is um, it's an either or. It's not yes. a. Yes. Yeah. It's yes. it's either five members or the okay. The president yes. may call a special meeting of the board of directors at any time. Okay. Um, so that part is the president could call a meeting. Okay. Um, of of the board upon well it it does say um at any time comma and shall call a you can call a meeting of the board. This says a special meeting of the board upon the request of at least five members of the board. So you, um, i.e. the president may call a special meeting of the board. I think there Mm -hmm. could be potentially um, and, or we might might want to put an or in there right now. There's an and, and shall call a special meeting of the board upon the request 
of at least five board members. So I yeah, think it's yeah. giving you both yeah. options, but it isn't yep. totally clear without the or. Yeah, yeah. You, I, I, well, the, the request for the board meeting still, I mean, the, the notification of the board meeting still comes from the president. Yes. Yes. So that's why it's talking an about and. calling a board meeting or scheduling that's, a board meeting. So that's yeah. why it's Correct. an and. But right. the, so if the president is not particularly interested in calling a meeting, but five members of the board feel that it's necessary, then they can demand that the president uh, right. uh, schedule a meeting. But the intent, the intent is that there's two ways to Correct. call a board meeting. Yeah, it, it The president does, can it, call it, one or five members of the board can can call a board meeting. Yeah, I, I didn't interpret it for yeah. that from the way you read it, but I'm. Yeah. I'd be. The, well, and the notice that, is the I same, no matter who be, calls it. Yeah, yeah. the noticing, and then yeah. and that's all. That's all we're really trying to do here. Although, I think Kim makes a real good point that maybe we could clear, clear, clarify this just a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think it just needs another word in there to yeah, basically yeah. make it yeah. and, make it um, appear as it can be done this way, or it could be done this way. What are I see both should be both are valid ways that we should correct. we should have two avenues to do it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the, the change is the um the notice. notice of the special meeting shall be sent um via um to each board member in a written electronic communication at least seven days before the meeting, prior to the meeting date. Yep. Mm-hmm. So changing exactly. that from postmarked yes, yes, yes. <laughs> to, uh, to emailing you know, <laughs> yep, with electronic definitely. communication so that yeah. we can join the, the modern era of communication, <laughs> get things done yes. a little more quickly. So, that's the I'm one sorry. relative to board meetings. And then the other mm-hmm. um, recommended change is relating to the section about the executive committee. Which was the five days, which I, I, I'm with you. I think it almost becomes moot if, if you if yes. you reduce the ability to call the entire the one, board in seven. Yeah, right. If you reduce the one, they're potentially. I mean, some constitutional purists would like us to to not fit a little with the constitution that much. So this one mm. relating to the executive committee just may not even be necessary because I'm pretty happy with the amending section eight. I mean, section section H, excuse, excuse me, and Article 4, because I think it, it really eliminates the time issue, which was what the executive committee was responding to in the first place. And, and, and recognize I, I think, Ray and then Doug, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's what, and that's, Kim's right. That's what we're, you know, trying to, to, to do is um, that, you know, we, we uh, although, also, although I think also what we want to do is be consistent in both sections to say that written electronic communication so that right. uh, we can That's true. Those, yes. those notices. We uh, don't have to mail like, out things. Yeah. And, and uh, one of the things <laughs> the constitution bylaws committee is doing is trying to do is take a look at these kinds of things where like these kind of old practices that were put in years ago, um, kind of update them. And uh, this fits right in with uh, what came out of this working group. Uh, with that, so very good, uh, Doug. Yeah, th- I, that's what the, the major change to the executive committee thing was. Uh, I think the five days was already in the uh, uh, is is currently in yes. the language. It didn't I think change. it's just the change from postmarked to uh, written uh, electronic written electronic communication yeah. communication. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but but I agree. But once you get them that close together, you know, for two more days, it's unless it's something yeah. really weird timing wise, it seems like it wouldn't need to apply. Yeah. Okay. So, a- any um, other comment from from board members to Kim and team? So my my intent is to um, convey this report once it's accepted by the board um, to the Constitution and Bylaws Committee, and then they can take the the two recommendations for amendments um, and incorporate that into their work. And given that um, this working group will have completed its role, um, that that the board um, recognized that we've completed our job and disband this working group. And thank you to all the members who helped um, come up with this outcome and this recommend these recommendations. Thank you. I move acceptance. Ray moves acceptance of the um, executive committee uh, working group's report. All right. Ray has moved. Do I have a second? Donna seconds. And Donna Brown seconds. All right. Any additional discussion? Yeah, this is Jeff. Just a question. So I want to be clear as a member of the Constitution Bylaws Committee that, Kim, that is, that it is the, well, is it the other recommendation of this task force to do away with the executive committee? Um, No. Okay. I mean, we could, but I think that's a a bigger step than we were comfortable making. Yeah. So, so our recommendation is to just keep it at a five-day um, requirement of the committee to meet and to um, to change the method of communication to the executive committee, and okay. that's Article right. Article Six, Section C, and then to make the other amendment, which changes the time and method of notifying and calling a board of directors meeting from fourteen days to seven days, and that's right. Article Four. Um, section H. Okay. I just wanted to make sure yeah. since you'd mentioned that a couple of times. That yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it, it does somewhat, you know, call the question of whether the executive committee is needed, but I'd feel better just leaving it in place and making these changes and moving on. Okay. In- incremental steps. Exactly. I mean, yep. I, I think there's yep. a lot of work to be done on the committee section and I can't imagine that the constitution and bylaws is tackling all of that in one year, given that this will be the first year that we're going to vote on these. You don't want to have too many. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when we're trying to get two thirds approval. That's right. Exactly. So, you know, I think, I think we, we make changes that to, to most anyone seem like very logical changes. In this but I era, think that um, would have been an easy one to make, though. Yeah, Jeff, I'm I'm not yeah. sure that's true. I still I still sort of think that there's a, a there's a function for the executive committee in terms of uh, code of conduct. Uh, you know, those kinds of issues uh, that they yeah. be a, a, a part of the appeal process. But we we're, we're not going there yet. But that's I think that has a valid use. So. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, and the and right. the executive committee is still a couple days less notice than the board. So if right. there was something that was really time sensitive, that I mean, yeah, it's two days, but still, if there was something that was really time sensitive that Dan needed to get some people together on to deal with, um, 
that that you know it's it still has a function and i mean even being on this board almost 15 years or so i mean the executive committee has met maybe like once or twice so it really hasn't been needed that much but you know so but i agree with kim incremental steps all right any other discussion hearing none i'll call the question all those in favor of a Accepting the Executive Committee Ad Hoc Task Force report, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Kim and team, thank you very much for your hard work, and uh, you are you are disbanded. <laughs> Unlike the resolutions and voting task forces, which uh, have a place in our hearts. Darn. Yeah. <laughs> we, and, we want equal treatment here. <laughs> and, and we'll now move to that next item on the Mr. agenda. Chair, yes, Mr. go ahead. Chair, yes. Um, did we approve the BOP report? Yes, yes. we did. I missed something somewhere. <laughs> Thank you. And Dan, just to let you know, I am back. Okay, Cindy, we will get you after the uh, resolutions and voting task force report. Sure. So, okay. Well, thank you uh, Denise, for the heads up. Yes. Denise, I am taking notes. So if you need something, you can um, touch base with me also. Thank you. Uh-huh. All right. So item uh, 15 on the agenda is the report out on the resolutions 2.0 and voting 2.0 task forces uh chair ray campbell and pat sheehan uh pat sheehan i think is uh is uh hoping to get the assistance of the voting task force vice chair uh jeff tom and uh we look forward to your report okay should I, i'll go ahead and start if that's okay and i have um uh deb, deb cook lewis my uh co-chair and uh jeff tom who's also a member of the resolution task force uh, here if uh, i forget something i did not we did not send out a written report to this board. Uh, I do apologize for that. Um, uh, but I think we can pretty well summarize kind of where we're at as a task force and what we've done. So we began meeting in November of 2021. And um, I won't try to list out all the members of the task force because I'll forget someone. But we um, have a really good group of people, including the chair of the resolutions committee, um, and a number of individuals um, <clears throat> who have uh, really been uh, doing some great work. We have great meetings. We have great input uh, into those uh, meetings. <clears throat> so we met, we started meeting in November, and we quickly realized that there really are two pieces to the whole resolutions process. And our, and our mission from the start has been that we want to get the – we. We, we believe the resolutions process and voting on resolutions needs to be back in the hands of the membership. The question is how to do that in a hybrid world. So we um, started to talk and we quickly realized there were two kind of main issues that we had to figure out um, <clears throat> what to do with. One was how far ahead of time should we ask for resolutions to allow for amendments, uh, wordsmithing, that kind of thing. It, it's, it was clear to us early on that, to most of us, I think, that we couldn't have what we've had at in-person conventions in the past where we're basically sitting there wordsmithing on the floor. 
and uh, we really need to figure out a way to to if nothing else discourage some of that and so what we did um, was we came up with um, a uh, recommendation and we and Gabe Griffith as chair of resolutions and I spoke with Dan in uh, January about this and we have decided that we're going to make the resolutions deadline May 1st uh, for this year's convention. So about 60 days prior to the start of the hybrid or in-person portion of the uh, convention, assuming that we continue um, down that road. Um, And, um, but so we're doing that. So that's what we're doing. Um, And uh, so we're going to be announcing that uh, tomorrow and uh, throughout all other, as many other communication channels as we can. So what that gives us an opportunity to do, once the resolutions come in May 1st, the resolutions committee is going to start meeting uh, twice a week, and they'll be on the community list, and they will be detailing what resolutions they're going to cover at the uh, each meeting so that individuals who have an interest in the resolutions can come, provide input. Uh, there can be a lot of wordsmithing done, um, and, uh, and the what we, our goal is to get to the convention floor in Omaha with resolutions that are pretty much in final form so that mainly the debate would be for and against them based on the convention standing rules. Um, now, a couple of uh, caveats to that. Uh, we realize, first and foremost, that many things can come up after we the resolutions deadline. Uh, the whole Becca Meyer situation is a stark example of that. So, of course, the committee is going to have the leeway. If somebody can make a case to the committee that, hey, this resolution needs to be considered, even though it's coming in after May 1st, um, you know, because the topic wasn't relevant at the time or at May 1st or whatever it might be, they can go and make a case to the committee to uh, uh, consider the resolution. The committee will make a decision as to whether they're going to um, bring that resolution forward. And editorially, I'd say that the committee probably is going to give um, a fair amount of deference, I think, to that. But we'll see. Um, The other thing that getting resolutions so far ahead of time does for us, besides allowing us to spend time in the community events, uh, wordsmithing them and all of that, it also gives us the time to allow us to see what ACB might be already doing in a given area. For example, maybe ACB is already working on something along the lines of the topic of resolutions. Maybe, you know, ACB is, and staff is going to say, hey, we don't have the resources, either financial or, or human, to work on this issue right now. Um, I mean, we can pass all the resolutions we want, uh, but if there's nobody to uh, take them and work on them, it, um, it, it, it becomes kind of a moot point. And same goes with any committees that, uh, okay, thank you. Uh, if there's, it comes with any committees that, um, or other groups that may be asked to work on resolutions, they, they can have an opportunity to come and say, yes, we're already doing something with that. Just refer the resolution to us or give it to us. We'll take it. Um, or um, they can um, say, hey, we, we are 
probably not going to be, you can pass this, but we're probably not going to be in a position for a while to work on it, whatever it might be. Um, Now, as far as that referral, just saying, well, hey, give us the resolution, we'll work on it. If member feels strongly that a resolution needs to go forward, the the Constitution bylaws say it has to be withdrawn by the the maker. So if uh, a member or group feel strongly that it needs to go forward, it still uh, will go forward. So that's the getting resolutions into the pipeline piece of it, I guess I would say. We are going to be going to the Constitution and Bylaws Committee with two bylaw amendments um, that basically will codify the deadline as 60 days prior to convention. Uh, we're going to be um, going in with those amendments this year. They're, they're bylaw amendments. Uh, both happen to be in Bylaw 6, and we're doing two amendments because if one passes – you know, you know, basically, to there's two spots where the deadline is mentioned, and so um, we 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 need to uh, code it, codify it in a couple of spots. The second piece uh, we had to, to tackle, and it was a little harder, I think, was okay. How are we going to vote on these resolutions? Um, and we tossed around a, a number of ideas, and what we've come up with. And uh, once we kind of got into this area, we uh, let me back up. We also met, we had a community event in December and got a lot of input. Uh, people, one of the things that really came from that was that people still want the ability to, to uh, amend on the floor. And so then we came to the second piece. And I think once we got into this area, we met a little bit on our own, but then we started meeting regularly with the voting task force and the Constitution and Bylaws Committee. And that is an excellent segue into us working together with them to communicate all of this out. And so basically what we've come up with is the way that we're going to vote on resolutions is that each resolution will be read. And the reading of resolutions is going to be done from the recordings that would be played on ACB media. That's the other thing. We can publicize these things ahead of time so that members will have an opportunity to look at them, understand them, and, and you know, really feel like they know what they're voting on. So the reading, the recording will be played. Uh, somebody from the committee will be there to answer any questions. And then what we're going to say for each resolution is we're going to say, is there, is there any objection to uh, adopting this resolution by consensus? Kind of that. If there, if, if less, the, if, if, um, let me make sure I say this right. If less than, if nobody objects or less than 25 people object, either by standing in the hall or raising their hands on Zoom, uh, that's the threshold to trigger a roll call vote. Uh, so if you have less than 25 uh, or zero, uh, it's kind of which is kind of the same thing, um, then the resolution will be considered adopted. Any resolutions or amendments to resolutions that need a roll call vote, um, those will be held over and voted on at the three. You heard Janet this morning talking about the three kind of Zoom days or business days, whatever you want to call them, July 11th, 12th, and 13th, that we're going to be actually conducting some voting. And so the resolutions any resolutions that we need to uh, vote on or amendments to resolutions that would need to be voted on, 
are going to be handled during those uh, those days. So what would happen is, let's say a resolution comes forward, uh, 25, more than 25 people say, hey, I want this to be record voted. What will happen is that resolution will go on the electronic ballot. Uh, the, where the Probably the resolve clauses will go there and people will be able to uh, vote you up or down. And then we'll also be doing affiliate roll call uh, voting on those as well. And so that's the way that we're going to move forward. Um, uh, and you'll hear pretty much the same thing on Sunday during our presentation. Um, I, uh, again, want to thank not only my task force, but also the voting task force and Constitution and bylaws for working with us on, uh, on this uh, process and trying to figure out a way to, again, do what we believe needs to happen and get the voting and resolutions back in the hands of the membership. So before I take questions, I'll uh, ask Deb or Jeff if there's anything that they believe I've forgotten. Sounds good to me. Okay. Me too. All right. All right. We, we've, uh, we're good. Uh, so do I have any questions about the resolutions process? Okay. Well, I guess, Dan, I'll turn it back to you. Or you want me to turn it directly over to Jeff? Or, uh... Uh, I'll take just one quick comment, Ray, and I'd just say that for the board and for anyone listening, we are going to have uh, plenty of time to discuss this at the president's uh, meeting on Sunday. Uh, we'll have a, a video presentation from Connie, Ray, um, uh, Patrick, and John uh, from resolutions voting task force and constitution and bylaws and then we will open it up for a period of questions and anybody who has questions can write to questions at acb.org or call janet dickelman and get their thoughts out there and we're going to have uh you know time for discussion with all of our committee chairs and vice chairs not only that dan we're going to also um uh, communicate we're going to widely communicate just like we did last year through things like tuesday topics sunday edition um visibilities and any community community events we we will have all meetings and you'll you'll be sick of hearing about this by the time that (laughs) we get done so uh uh, Connie Sims is handling that, and Connie is a real taskmaster. I want you all to know that. So <laughs> she uh, makes sure we're on task. And if you, I'll tell you what, she doesn't like it if you don't get things to her on time. She, <laughs> she's, uh, she's not in South Dakota nice when you do that. So, but I understand that. So anyway, thank you, thank you Ray and Deb and uh, and the uh, resol- Gabe and the Resolution Task Force. Thank you. And then we'll hear from uh, Jeff. Tom now, I think, uh, from the Voting Task sure. Force 2.0. Yeah. So let me cover two things. First, just briefly how um, constitutional amendments is going to differ from resolutions, and then a little bit on voting, and maybe Connie may be able to help me on the, this voting part. Um, with respect to constitutional amendments, there's two main differences. One is created by the logistics of the convention. We didn't think we'd really have time to have both constitutional amendment debate and resolutions debate during the in-person part. So the constitutional amendment debate will occur during that three-day, the the beginning of the three-day period in July. 
Now, the second difference is that when it comes to constitutional amendments, whether it's voting on the main amendment or an amendment to the amendment, you have to have a roll call vote. So we can't use the 25 or less objection methodology. We actually have to have it on a ballot. And so just like resolutions, and this is what we're going to do on with both, res, both respect to resolutions and constitutional amendments, that with respect to resolutions that have to have a roll call vote, and with respect to all constitutional amendments, you're going to be voting on them at the um, during those three extra uh, remote days in the middle of July, because they because all constitutional amendments have to have roll call votes. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention with respect to how the elections voting is going to occur, that will be as has been said. The you know you're going to have the um, speeches and whatever nominating speeches and all that toward the end of each convention session for an open position. And then when the, at the end of the convention session, after the session is over, the general session, there'll be a period of hours. I don't know exactly what it might be. It might be one to five or something, but you know, central time, but there'll be a period of hours where everyone will have to use the vote now system, whether they're in Omaha or in um, Ohio uh, to vote. Uh, so we all have to do it the same way. And there'll be some polling stations for those at convention to make things a little easier for you to cast your ballot. There'll be some places there to go do that. Or for those who have the ability, you can vote from your hotel room. You can click on the link and, and vote that way. But, um, you know, there'll be ways that you can vote. Uh, and obviously, and then we'll obviously be holding uh, separate um delegate votes for those elections as well. And even in the case of resolutions and um, constitutional amendments, there have to be, you know, in, in, in late July or mid-July, I should say, there will have to be delegate votes as well, just as there were last year for, you know, the elections. We'll have to have delegate votes for all of these things whenever a roll call vote is necessary. So, Connie, I don't know whether we want to fill in any more details on that. I sort of want to give it at a high level, but um, knowing that Sunday will be more specific. But Yeah, I guess one other thing I would mention um, during the business week, when we do the uh, delegate um, roll call, when, say, if we have five resolutions, um, they'll all be on one ballot. Or if we have a two or three constitution and bylaws, it'll be all in one ballot. And so then when the affiliate is called, say like 
Alabama. Um, Denise will call Alabama and Alabama will say, you know, yes or nay on um, resolution one. And then they'll go down to resolution two. So they'll do all of their ballot at one time. So all of the resolutions and then all of their constitution and bylaws. Um, yeah. The, and, and that and that could be a little different for votes. So, so the first right. one could be seven to two and the second one could be six to three. So the affiliate's going to have to know how their membership votes on each of three resolutions, for example. Right? Yeah. I Thank you for mentioning that. I also want to mention that on the resolution ballots, you won't see all the whereas clauses. You will just see resolved clauses. Now, so now we hope make this it a lot is, shorter. We hope this is a minimum because, again, if you think about our normal resolution voting, the vast majority go through on a vo- voice vote and will be finished during the normal time at the convention, and we won't have to use those for those extra three days. It's only the resolutions that are calling for a roll call vote either to approve an amendment or a roll call vote to approve the full resolution that will be um, considered during those three days, plus the constitutional amendments. Right. So that Monday is voting on the amendments. That Tuesday, the 12th, is voting on amendments of the amendments. And then Wednesday, the 13th of July, is voting on the final vote of that of that information. Um, there would be possibly there's five um, board positions and three BOP. So we have told Nancy that possibly 10 elections is what we told her to tell vote now that's possibly available. So um, that's kind of the highlights. Um, Again, I'm doing the communication for all three groups. Um, Lots of dates. And um, I've got some of the shows already scheduled and some affiliates have already reached out to me. So since the constitution and the constitution bylaws, everything, they all kind of run together and they kind of all work together. We're trying to do all the communication together. I have already a cheat sheet as my everyone gives me a bad time about. Um, and I have a timeline. So I have kind of a calendar timeline made up with a whole bunch of dates. And I have a separate sheet with all of the information with dates and guidelines. So um, we will be getting that out to all members um, shortly after the leadership also. So and We'll probably be doing a lot of sending out of constant contact, but more information, like Grace said, you know, we'll be doing a lot of talking and speeches and more information we can get out to people, the better it's going to be. And Dan, just one quick thing. Don't expect this to be the way things are going to turn out in two or three years. We want input. We expect you know, incremental changes to be made as the years goes on. We know this is, um, you know, if last year was a new beginning, this year is a second new beginning. And so we all, you know, must adjust and, you know, tweak the system when we find there are better ways to, to handle it. So give us your input both before the convention and after it. Uh, we value that and we'll use it to keep looking at it and make sure that we get better and better in the future. The other exactly. thing. Yeah, I just, it, I'm sorry, Connie, Ray. Connie, and then Ray. So okay. go ahead, Connie. I just want to, I just want to, 
echo Jeff because that's that's what we did last year. We learned, you know, and in a lot of the meetings, we heard a lot of things from all our members, and we took it back to the committee and we talked about it, and we, you know, almost always implemented what was suggested. So that is so important for us to hear. Um, and even, I mean, I do a lot of one-on-one. Um, calls. And if people call or email me and have ideas or suggestions, I would take it back. So um, I'm willing to do that again this year. It's it's just so important to, that everyone talks and, and learns because it's it's probably not going to be the same next year, but who knows? Mm-hmm. And Thank I you, would Connie. Just, and then Ray, go ahead. Yeah, just uh, three words. Pack your patience. Um, this is not going to be smooth. Uh, this is a, this. We're all learning how to do this uh, together. And uh, you know, even if you uh, are at convention and you go to the polling stations, and you know, it seems like it's taking a while, or it's you know, you're getting frustrated about it. Just pack your patience. Uh, we're all we're all trying. We're all in this together, as they said a lot during COVID. And um, we're we're all in this together, and we're going to learn. And again, we really do need your your input because that will improve it for the future um, going forward. So it's a, it's a new beginning in ACB and uh, we're, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're the pioneers, I guess, uh, guinea pigs, pioneers, whatever you want to call us all. Um, we're, uh, we're going to do it, but just pack your patience, folks. We're all learning together. Thank you, Ray. And I, I would kind of add to that, that we are, trying to be good stewards and leaders of this organization and listen to our members. So we heard loud and clear last year that everybody wants the opportunity to vote, not restricted to the convention. We've passed those changes to our constitution and bylaws, and we're honoring that approach this year. The other thing we've heard very clearly is membership wants to be the voice of resolutions and not the board of directors. So we're working hard to respect that with the Resolutions Task Force 2.0 recommendations and give that vote back to the members. But that, of course, means that we've got to have time allocated to get the input and do the voting. So that is what we're going to learn as we go through this process. And uh, please, I agree with, uh, with Ray and Connie and Jeff. Uh, this is not the final solution. This is the best solution for this year. And we will learn (laughs) and we will continue to learn and we will continue to adapt and evolve. As I've said many times, ACB is, is not evolution. It's evolution, not revolution. And so we will evolve. That's right. So any other uh, discussion questions from our board? I have two points of clarification. I'd like to ask. Okay. Go ahead. um, are you saying that when you call Alabama, they're mm-hmm. going they're going to uh, tell you their votes for all all of the things on 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 a particular ballot, and then you move to Arizona? Correct. You, correct. Yeah, you, correct. Oh, okay. we, we've had discussion both ways. We're thinking if we say there's four resolutions on the ballot, if we um, if we do it four times, we're going to have to go through. Each yes. vote and, yes, and cycle through four times, and we everybody thought and feedback from the affiliate presidents was they felt like it would be much more efficient to call on the affiliate one time, and then they have to be prepared to give their votes on resolution one, two, three, and four. Yeah. Okay. okay. The other the other question I had was, so how do people 
So let's say there's a, an amendment to a, to a uh, constitution, you know, constitutional amendment. Mm-hmm. How do people register an amendment to the amendment? Well, that will be through our normal process. Uh, it'll be in a general session. They'll raise their hand and they'll say, I'd like to propose this amendment. Okay, so the so the constitutional amendments will be read during the during the yes general session. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, well, no, they they won't happen. Constitutional amendments will not happen during general session. They'll happen during the three days at the end. They'll be read. You know, they have to be read twice, twice. before they can yeah. be discussed. So the the reading will happen ahead of that, um, but the actual discussion will happen on July eleventh. For the constitutional amendments. Okay. Yeah. The discussion will happen during the convention, including a lot on Thursday on the business day related to resolutions. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's a little bit different there. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Any other questions from our board? All right. Hearing none, I'd like to have a motion to approve the report out from the Resolutions and Voting Task Force 2.0. This is Donna. I will move to approve the report of these two task forces. Thank you, Donna. Do I have a second? Second. And Kenneth Simeon is second. Any additional discussion? Hearing none, all in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you all very much. This is hard work, and anything that's, uh, that's worth doing, is, it's, it's hard to get there, but it's really worth the effort, and we appreciate everybody's effort on both of these task forces. Thank you so much, and shout out to John and the Constitution and Bylaws Committee as well, who is, is working very hard in collaboration with these two task forces. All right, next, uh, we're going to go back and pick up item number 12 on the agenda, which is review and approval of some changes to the expectations uh, community events policy. So, Hello. (laughs) Go ahead, Cindy. (laughs) All right. Uh, I hope you guys will see the importance and reason for the changes, the proposed changes. Um, So... Uh, currently, there there are three additions or changes that we'd like to make. And, One, and Cindy, just so so this has come uh, through you through is, the community. The community support, support committee com- has yep. given their blessing on all of these proposed changes. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Um, so there is some current language under the deadline to submit events, and the paragraph previous to this one. Um, uh, let's see. I'm going to, I think I'm going to bounce here just a minute. I'm going to, um, so the deadline to submit events, uh, it says to be included in the weekly schedule, which goes Sunday through Saturday, your event information must be received by the previous Wednesday using our event planners form and the link. And then uh, it says anything submitted after that day, 
this is the part that we would like to change. Currently, it says anything submitted after that day will be added to the daily schedule only. This submission is required for all events unless recurring weekly. And we would like to change that language to anything submitted after Wednesday of the previous week will be added to the daily schedule only if received by 4 p.m. ET, the previous business day. This submission is required for all events unless recurring weekly. So basically what we've done is one clarified um, instead of uh, anything after that date, I put in Wednesday of the previous week. And then we've added a requirement that we must receive things by 4 p.m. the previous business day. I don't know if you guys might believe me or not, but we actually get stuff at 10 p.m. at night with an expectation that we will include it in the schedule the next day, which usually goes out at 10 o'clock at night. And we get things on the weekend. And you know, we just need to find a way to stop that. So that is one of the suggested changes. And we certainly hope you guys will agree with us that we need to create some boundaries here for us. Um, The other two things that we would like to add under expectations for holding a community event this is where we have things like the recording and following uh you know these expectations and um you have to have at least a host or a facilitator that's 18 and hosts can't um facilitate and host at the same time and uh all of those types of bulleted list of reminders and we would like to add to that list to ensure the security of events and regardless of account zoom information must not be shared via the internet now this already that statement very similar to it anyway is already under um uh, sorry um safe yet um, welcoming. And um, so we are wanting to put it in this list so it's really easy for people to look at all of the real highlight, all of the important reminders and put them all in one list. And so, so that's not really change. It's just kind it's of moving, cleaning it, it up. It to is make it cleaning easier it up. Understand. Yes. Okay. And okay. in fact, it goes, that goes to why I want to remove the safe yet welcoming because if we do add this to the list, everything that's in that section now will be in that list. So it would be redundant to keep Mm -hmm. it. And it was in a separate section that really, I don't know how far people go and read down. Right. So, and then the other addition um, would be all accounts used for community events must enable the mask phone number setting under the telephone tab and we actually do have a step-by-step on how for uh how 
folks who have their own account and are using their own account on the community events for their event, how they can go about getting that done. But this would prevent uh, a whole phone number showing up which is something we've been really trying to keep from occurring. And it is also listed under the sharing of personal information. And once this is placed in that list, that section, the sharing of personal information, also would all be covered under this list of important reminders uh, for those holding events. And that is why uh, the last part of this would be to remove both of those paragraphs, um, safe yet welcoming, and the sharing of personal information. Certainly, it's not that we're removing <laughs> the need for mm-hmm. our events to be safe yet welcoming and or disregarding the sharing of personal information. It's just that they will all, all be elsewhere. So okay. That is our recommendations. All right. And your, um, and your committee did recommend uh, these changes? Yes. Yes, and there was nobody that was uh, that didn't agree. So the okay. entire committee and Donna and Ray are both here and can attest to that. Okay, Mr. President, Ray will Ray will move approval of the uh, post the changes proposed. Thank you, Ray. Do I have a second? Donna will second. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> Seems appropriate. We didn't plan you're very, this. But. You're, very fam- you're very familiar with this. That's yeah. good. Okay. All right. Um, very good. Any discussion from the board? Mr. President, this is Chris Bell. Um, yes, Chris. You'll have to advise me on how you want to do this. I have two additional amendments that are not being offered by the committee uh, to the policy, but which I would like to propose. I can do them after you deal with, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not proposing to change anything that the committee has proposed, but there are two things that I would like to suggest be considered in addition to what the committee's proposed. So if you want to dispose of the committee's recommendations first, that's fine. Or if you want me to raise mine now, that's fine too. Um- Chris, may I ask, have you run these by the uh, Community Support Committee? Uh, no, I ran it by Cindy last night because that's okay. when I read the policy. But, gotcha. Uh, uh, can I ask uh, if you would uh, indulge us then? This is just a suggestion. Uh, you know, obviously, we, you can, you can um, take it, take it or, or not take it. But just to kind of follow our process, which I think is a good one, um, if we could go ahead and approve these three, and if you could present your your two proposed additional changes to the um, community support committee, and then we'll bring that feedback along with the recommendations for updating these guidelines with the your two proposals at the April first meeting. That would allow um, to follow the kind of process. Right. I get it. But let me just tell you what they are. It's, it's really pretty simple. They are pretty uh, simple. Actually, oh, they're pretty I simple. Think. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So in the, in the copyright provisions that were taken from Zoom, okay, they call upon us to seek the approval of use of any copyrighted material. But strangely to me, it doesn't say approval in writing. It just says approval. And I think we should say approval in writing, because otherwise you're going to get somebody that says, yeah, I talked to them. They're okay. (laughs) And that's not Mm -hmm. enough. So I'm just suggesting that in both 
references where they reference approval that we say either written approval or approval in writing. I guess I'd say the first one would be approval in writing, and the second time it's referenced to say written, written approval. That okay. would be my. I don't. If I, I'll take that to the committee if you want. I think it's. I, I, well, I also got, believe that it's pretty Ray simple. Yeah, I, I think I think it can just be put added in there. on. I, I think okay. it's just a clean yeah. that yeah. is very clean. I, when he I, mentioned I, it to I me, agree. I felt like I can't imagine any be concerned about no. adding. Just it covers us a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, okay. This is Kim. Yes. Yes, Kim. Um, just just a clarification in the um, executive committee when we were changing the language, you know, about uh, written communication, we said um, that we thought it would be good to say written electronic communication because most of these permissions anybody's going to get from a studio or whoever is probably going to come via email. So we might as well say electronic just to cover those people who did reach out and they got something back, you know, it doesn't have to be a printed piece of paper. Um, email is sufficient if they said they were giving permission. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I, know I, that. I, I think in writing could be electronic as well. So I guess I'm not, I, I don't know that I, we would. I think that's true. And, and if you just say written electronic, then it, it implies that that's the only way you can get permission. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I guess you could <laughs> say in writing either electronic or, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it gets uh-huh, even crazier. Uh-huh. All yeah. right. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's why I don't like to 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 be on the wordsmithing teams. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> so we're are we okay with leaving it just writing with it being applied that it's either electronic or or paper? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> You think we're good? Okay. Yeah. So, but specifically, the first time I'm suggesting it would be approval in writing, and the second reference would be written written approval. approval. I got it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, this is Doug. Kim, are you okay? Uh, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Doug, go ahead. Um. So, we have shows. We have events on, on the weekends. So, you're saying if you want uh, on the daily. Uh, schedule uh it, it has to be in by four o'clock on friday to be either on saturday or uh, on the saturday or sunday daily oh, schedule is that dear correct? heaven we hope it's in by wednesday which is the date right, right, that right, we right, really right, right, request right, right, right. it but right. yes if there's something added to the weekend we would need to receive it by 4 p.m on friday because colby and i work until 5 p.m on friday and that's who get Colby is the one that processes it. If it comes after that, the expectation is then we are working overtime, which is not the expectation I think that Eric has for us. In clarification, we don't do a daily schedule on Saturday and Sunday. Oh, we do a weekend right. schedule. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. You're right. exactly. Sorry. Yeah, just, yeah. just so everybody's synced up. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But weekend I, I schedule. Another, I, I had another question also. Um, oh, internet. Emails go through the internet, no, do they not? My question, so, so I think internet is not the term that we want to use for, um, you know, for, for uh, uh, Zoom All right, I will ask Jeff if there's a better word, because we originally yeah. had like social media and, um, and websites, but uh, it felt that the internet kind of covered all of that. I, I think that email 
is is different, but I don't know. Um, what we maybe could do, Cindy, is say that Zoom information shall only be shared via email no. or something like that. It's 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 it's, it's no. We need to be really like. specific about it not being on the internet because what yes. we have happening yeah. is that some people they may have a business, they are bringing an event to the community, which is wonderful, um, and they are holding the event on their own account. And they don't understand why they can't share it on their website and why they can't share it on their Facebook page for the Zoom information and why they, and we can't have Zoom information shared um, where people can, can uh, bots can get it and or the bad people, can, however those Zoom bombers are. Um, so we are okay if people share it via email. Of course, I always encourage people to encourage people to actually subscribe to our email list opposed to them like sharing stuff all the time to lists. But that's not where we're talking about. We're talking about strictly the websites and social media. So if there's something that, you know, it felt like internet was the right word, but if there's a different word that we should be using, I'm open. I'd like it to keep it simple though, if we can. How, how about, how about public Hyphen facing internet. I think the issue know, here is, is Jeff Bishop on here. Yes, I am. Jeff, oh, do you have a suggestion? I think the issue is making sure that the links that are used for a meeting are protected. So for spam, right? That's the issue here, right. Cindy. Right. And bombing. So yes. if you said something like, you know. Links to meetings are, are to be disseminated or communicated through secure uh, communication channels. Um, because, if, for example, it could be that someone would have a sign-up form on their website and then, the, then they could do that. In other words, a vendor could have a Zoom form where you fill in your name and your email address and it sends you the link. That's entirely possible. Or it could be that they have a portal and you log in and you get the link that way. Or it goes through email. So This is Deb. Yep. Please help me because this is sounding... Yeah, see, most, the average person is not going to understand all of that. And no, I, I, yeah, I don't see that as public facing. I mean, when, when you have a registration, it's no different than getting it from our... So I think any public website is, is probably, you know... It is probably the best description of what I've seen happening, and and so it's it that doesn't preclude someone. So I could, you can register for an event doesn't mean that their link is on a public website. So to ensure the security of events, and mm-hmm. regardless of account, Zoom information must not be shared via public, the public internet or a public, public internet any public, any public website. Any public what, website? What Chris said yeah, was public dash facing. I, I like any public website. I think, I think any public, public facing is much easier for these people okay. to all understand. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's I want it to be something that the average person will understand. Any yeah. public website. All right. Um, so that's what I've got. If that's okay with the um, uh, with Ray and Donna, Cindy. This is Kim. Does that include? 
social media or not? Social included? media is public they websites. They are considered okay. public websites. Good, yeah, if you you might want to just add or social media. I, or I think it would just be clearer to people. Okay, originally that social yeah. media was part of it. So uh, in the yeah. other, so any public website or social media. Yeah. Any public yeah. or social media website, right? Well, social media doesn't it always look like a website. How about, yeah. how about mind, via social media <laughs> and any public website? Yes. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. This way I won't tweet it either. That's a good point. Yes. All right. I got it. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Right. Good. Thank good. you. I'm good All with right. it now. Good conversation. Are we, are we good now? Um, hearing no more discussion, I'm going to call for the vote. All those in favor of approving these changes to the expectations community events policy signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you very much, everyone. All right. At this point in time, I want to thank all of our listeners on ACB Media and our guests uh, that have participated today in our ACB. But Mr. Board President, of- weren't you going to offer a chance? Oh, to yes, I am. So I apologize. Yes, I added that to the agenda. So, yes, <laughs> thank you. And I, then I forgot because it wasn't written down there. Yeah. So, uh, yes. So, uh, real quickly, then, do we have any. Um, uh, Committee liaisons that would like to offer reports. So I'll just uh, offer Ray, it sounds brief, like you may. Yes. I would yeah. like to. I'm really um, I really encourage everybody to uh, be uh, at the presentation this weekend. where We're going to be talking about the uh, launching of the ACB mentoring program. Um, that was an initiative that was first proposed by the Multicultural Affairs Committee. Um, and um, in an effort to uh, bring more folks into leadership in our organization. So I really would like to encourage everyone to uh, uh, be uh, be a part of that. And uh, uh, we're finally, we're not just going to keep talking about mentoring. We're actually going to start doing something. And so definitely just wanted to say how proud I am of the uh, multicultural affairs and the other committees involved for uh, starting to move that forward. So uh I just wanted to mention that. Thank you, Ray. And it's a very collaborative effort between Multicultural Affairs, the DKM Fund Committee, the Burl Collie Leadership Institute, and Membership Services. So thanks to everybody and uh, all the hard work of those committee chairs who have pulled this together. I've been very exciting. So thank you for mentioning that. All right. Any other um, committee liaison reports? I would like just to add one thing, and that is I'm um, very excited about the work our staff has done along with our Multicultural Affairs Hispanic Subcommittee to bring the D.C. Leadership Conference and to take the first step in offering Spanish language as part of an official ACB event. The registration was in English and Spanish. Our one-page legislative imperatives were in English and Spanish. Our promotional uh, out, uh, outreach to social media was in English and Spanish. Uh, we are going to have a half-hour wrap-up show each evening hosted by Gabriel lopez Gafati and Swatha Nanda Kumar that will be in Spanish language. And then after the effect, 
uh, after the event, we have contracted with um, Catholic Charities, and we are working with the Hispanic Subcommittee to identify two hours of highlights of content that will be turned into a series of Spanish language podcasts with translation uh, from panels and programs that come out of the DC Leadership Conference. So um, we're not 100% there yet, but we are uh, making strides in living the spirit of the resolution that was passed last year. And I want to really thank uh, the staff and the Hispanic subcommittee for their efforts in this area. Uh, Do we have other um, committees that would like to report. All right. Well, hearing none, I want to thank everyone for uh, participating in the ACB Board of Directors meeting today. And I uh, want to encourage everybody, it's not too late. You can still register if you haven't registered yet, but Please participate in the D.C. Leadership Conference over the next four days. We're going to have uh, a wonderful content. It'll be uh, starting at 1230 Eastern Time each day with the Connection Show. And then we will lead into general sessions and breakout sessions. There'll be a breakout session each day. Uh, The general sessions and the uh, Connection Shows and the Room A of the breakout sessions will all be broadcast on ACB Media 6, and Room B breakout sessions will be uh, uh, broadcast on ACB Media 7, and Room C breakout sessions will be broadcast on ACB Media 8. We will have a fireside chat on Sunday night where we'll talk to five leaders that are blind and low vision that are in charge, lead organizations and learn what works for them, their journey to get to that point in their career and where they see the opportunities moving forward. So I really encourage everybody to participate. We've got some great sessions and we really look forward to an exciting week. And at this point in time, we'll go ahead and sign off from uh, ACB Media 6 and the board and A couple of key staff members will be staying around for some time in an executive session. So thank you all very much, and we will talk to everybody tomorrow.